Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. When Naomi Campbell threw that Blackberry at that assistant's face, <laughs> when she did that, she was she went yeah. straight to Oprah. She was like, let me talk to your white ladies, please, so I can tell yeah, them that yeah. I'm not a bad person else. They can still keep supporting me and my fashion uh, desires and my dreams. Right. Yeah. Hey, Oprah, okay. can you explain to your whites that I was just upset? Tell your whites. And, <laughs> and frankly... Me throwing my cell phone is actually really funny if you mm-hmm. think about it. If, if the whites can just understand in your words, Oprah, how funny it is, maybe they'll let me go. Can I have a moment with your whites, Oprah, please? Uh. <laughs> Bang, 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 skeet, skeet, skeet. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. You already know what the fuck time it is. It's time for My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories. And we finally work to prove that no matter how gay he is, Billy Porter can still get more pussy than Michael B. Jordan. It's a fact. It's a fact. And I'm not saying anything bad about Michael B. Jordan. The man is gorgeous. He's undeniably handsome. But ladies, muscles are a dime a dozen, right? What you really want is to fuck a man who's dressed like the Bridgerton Duke in space. That's the type of man you need. That's the type of man you want. We all want it. I'm your host, Langston Kerman. As always, I'm happy to be here. I'm having a, I'm having a pretty good week. I had a green juice this morning, so I've been shitting three times uh, today. I had to to get up multiple times in the day just to empty myself. But otherwise, things are going pretty well for your boy. And and I'm hoping that my guest is feeling equally excited. I hope he's moved as as many bowels as I have. He's hilarious. He's he's a hilarious comic. You know him from his work as a writer on The Rundown on BET. You know him from writing on High Maintenance. He's so good, so funny. Give it up for my guest, Mr. Alex English. Langston. 
I'm very happy to be here with you, especially yeah. when you when you deliver such a very specifically. I feel like that was for me. <laughs> that preamble, that was very that was a, that was a great entry point into this discussion. I don't know. I'll be honest. Maybe it was subconsciously for you. I don't know that I said this is an Alex bit, but I knew you would like it. No, there's absolutely something. It almost is something that I wish I wrote, honestly. Mm. Mm. Like, personally. You know, Billy (laughs) Porter getting more... Yeah. He understands his way around a woman's vagina because he wears all of the skirts. Yeah. You know what it reminds... He has has that rare quality that I think uh, Prince had where it's like... Yes, it's it's androgynous in a way that that is almost more sexual than a a traditionally heteronormative fucking dude can be for a heterosexual woman. It's it's very sexy. I would say that if Prince saw Billy Porter walking down the street today, he would spit on him, though. Yeah. Oh, they would not get along. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's just make that very clear. Yeah. (laughs) There's something petty that would have to happen Mm -hmm. between the two of them. They'd, like, spit on each other and then play basketball. It'd be a lot. He wouldn't fuck with Billy Porter at all. He barely fucked with Michael Jackson. That's true. So... I don't know. Have you ever seen that uh, that video of that concert that James Brown is having where yes. he invites Michael on stage and then for some yes. reason Prince comes on stage and starts like playing the guitar and knocking over pillars? It's an with amazing his shirt time. off. He, he was he was clinging to the pillar, which which fell over. <laughs> he like fell into the crowd, embarrassed himself all for what? I don't know. Being petty, the spirit of petty. He's like, yes, that- fuck you, Michael Jackson. <laughs> I'm going to take my shirt off and fuck some shit up. Hell yeah. Literally. I love Prince. <laughs> uh, we miss you, Prince. And We uh, miss you, Prince. And, and, you know, some people miss Michael Jackson also. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know if that number is the same. <laughs> hey, I, we're on a podcast, so I won't say what whether I miss him or I, not. But say, I will say, say uh, some people do. you do or you don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You came to us today with a, a wonderful conspiracy theory that I I don't want to waste any more time ducking and dodging with our foolishness because it's it's a great one and it needs all the time it can get. You said, my mama told me. Tommy Hilfiger didn't make his clothes for black people. Tell me more. That was the word on the curb for a long time. It was, it's the rumor, Langston, that I would say, one of the first rumors that kind of like went that in my days and our days of growing up mm-hmm. that I saw like travel, you know, it was definitely amongst those of like the Sierra was not born a woman. Yep. You know, it was one of those yeah. things where you heard it enough times and it just became, well, that could be true. Uh-huh. That could be. And I'm not sure if it was just my, I feel like my mom did repeat this once because my mother is. My mother's like an Oprah stan. She has like the first. Oh, uh, shit. My mother, you can't. She's one of those black women. You I was can't about to say, say that's anything. A, that's a rare find in the, in, in certainly nowadays, of black women that still are going crazy for Oprah. Langston, there are more pictures of Oprah hung up in our house back home than me. <laughs> like, and I'm not even, I don't even know if that's, I, I mean, that's not slandering my mother at all. Sure. Like, I believe that that's, that's not libelous. Like, that's a proven quantitative fact. Sure, you're not saying your mother didn't love you. In fact, she does have pictures of you. She just loves Oprah more. M- Michelle, Michelle Obama 
and Oprah Winfrey sit like above the mantle in the living room right. of their home. And I'm like in the bathroom. Yeah. Like I'm like my, my picture is like next to a candle in the bathroom. It's a graduation picture, you know. Right. I'm, my, I'm low on a totem pole in my house. But to that, like the rumor started from an alleged, you know, the history of it was that Tommy Hilfiger said it on Oprah. Yes. And but for some reason, no one had ever seen this episode. <laughs> yeah, it, we, it's weird. And you've, you've already brought up some of the uh, yeah, the important yeah. facts that we need in a beautiful way. We mm-hmm. we actually did an episode. Uh, one of our first episodes was with Yasser Lester. And we talked about the Sierra rumor. That she was a, uh, that she was intersex. She was a hermaphrodite. And one of the things that we discovered was similar to what you're talking about with Tommy Hilfiger was that the conception was said to have come on Oprah, but literally none of us (laughs) could refer to the episode. There's no YouTube clips of it. Mm The shit doesn't exist. But apparently (laughs) these people had entire episodes that just, you know, got lost in the ether. That's right. I feel like we definitely fell victim to that Mandela effect where we thought something happened or someone claimed something happened mm-hmm. and it just became true out of some sort of mental or like uh like Mercury is in retrograde and it happened in this <laughs> universe and we didn't even know we somebody somebody flipped the switch and then we were in some new universe. I don't know. I don't have all of the yeah. readings. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as well, I'm more rail read on the rumor than the actual fact. Sure. No, there's no need to go looking for the real information when the rumor is sillier and more fun. Well, I mean, it's easy. Well, it's easy almost to tell black people things like that. And we run with it too, because you look at Tommy Hilfiger and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's racist probably. Yeah. This <laughs> Tommy old. Hilfiger has always looked old. He's. Uh, I've looked at pictures of him. I'm like, yeah. He gives Colonel Sanders. Uh huh. Snatched, snatched right. Colonel Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a motherfucker that looks like he plays billiards. Of course, he would say something problematic about black people. That's right. And what I love is that that still didn't stop niggas from buying the damn clothes. Nah, listen. We were still- from from 1996 to 1999. Tommy Hilfiger was the flyest you could be. And it didn't matter what that nigga said about me. I needed some of that Tommy gear. I'm going to be a nigga that didn't deserve to be in these clothes, but I'm going to be sharp as fuck on picture day. Man. You know what I'm, you know I, what I'm saying? The desperation I had for buying a pair of those overalls with the strap that said, <laughs> that said Tommy Hilfiger in the red, white, and blue. Oh, man, if I would have had a... My parents weren't ever going to buy them because they were $200, but God damn, that would have been a game changer for me. And you know what? The black that that just goes to show the black dollar, the black dollar is powerful. Yes. But it's also very it's also very stubborn. You know, right. it's very stubborn. <laughs> like no matter what, you can you can do a lot of shit to black people, and if we like your shit enough, we will still buy your shit. <laughs> I and I will say that that's it is both a a almost out of protest support out of protest about black people, yeah. right? That like mm-hmm. we are loyal beyond reason. That like the, the way that that I know adult women who would still go toe to toe with somebody because they disrespect Chris Brown is like, <laughs> God damn, I hate that this happens. But good for y'all for holding this motherfucker down all these years. That's right. That's right. And like, I don't know. I just kind of, you know, he was very well. He was very well immersed in hip hop. The, 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 yes. the brand, the brand was like Early hip hop, like Snoop Dogg, I, I saw that Snoop Dogg wore 
his he's look he was looking for somebody to like a new clothing designer to wear for SNL. Yeah. And Hillfigure was there and put he put it on and like that's when it, apparently when it took off. Like, I mean, Snoop Dogg is what, hundred and fifty pounds soaking <laughs> wet? And you got him you got him in this big giant Tommy Hilfiger looking like looking like the uh rare what was it, red, white, and blue? Uh-huh. He looks like the flagpole. Yeah. And you hang and you hanging a bunch of uh, American flags up at half mat. Yeah. It, no, listen, Tupac, <laughs> I mean, uh Snoop Dogg, he committed. He he is part of how we came to know Tommy Hilfiger. I mean, it was Aaliyah, it was Beyonce. They're all complicit in in the North. <laughs> complicit. <laughs> They're complicit in Tommy Hilfiger. I yep. love that. So you're, let's be clear, you are fully subscribing to the possibility <laughs> that Tommy Hilfiger was and continues to be a racist. I don't know if I would, I don't know, you know, intentions, because I mean, but based on the rumor, the rumor, the rumor literally was that yeah. it wasn't just, it also wasn't just us, okay? The rumor was also that he didn't. He didn't intend on you know black folks wearing his clothes. Asians were included in that, and I mm-hmm. believe Jewish people as well. Yeah, he mentioned some. He was like, uh, "No Jews plus." But no mention. No that. mention of the Latino community. So I was like, "Is the Latino community in cahoots with Tommy Hilfiger?" Because there was no mention of them on that list. Okay, now you're talking. Now I like where your conspiracy's going. Conveniently, I feel like if it wasn't us, it was gonna be Pitbull. <laughs> if it wasn't Snoop Dogg, Pitbull would have got a hold to Tommy. Mr. Worldwide would I listen, if you are suggesting <laughs> what I think you're suggesting, <laughs> that Mr. Worldwide intentionally planted this conspiracy so that it would create division and and upheave the black, brown, Asian communities. While simultaneously mm-hmm. supporting the Latinx community, I don't know. I'm interested. I'm listening. It's it's Vladimir Putin, and then it's <laughs> and then it's Pitbull. Sure, I'm willing. I'm willing to let that be spoken into into the universe. Hell yeah! He didn't mention no Russians, and I I like where your head <laughs> is at. It, everybody he didn't mention was in on this shit. I mean, the rumor, the rumors say high class white society people is what, what those clothes were for. So, I mean, and I mean, black people are so, again, black people, we are so stubborn. Like, it's either take our dollars away or let this motherfucker tell us what we can't wear. I think that's, yeah. what we, I think that's where we went. We went with it. Like, I'm gonna still buy this shit. His, his brand sort of was so formative generationally in that, like, when you, I think we're close enough to the same age. I'm a little older than you, but I think mm. I, I, I remember being a kid and brands being so important, like much mm. more so than they are now that like you didn't wear non name brand shit when we were kids. Like you were supposed to have Nike or Tommy Hilfiger or whatever, whatever, whatever. And during that period where Tommy was at its biggest was when black people were sort of wearing white brands. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we were wearing Tommy Hilfiger and Eddie mm-hmm. Bauer and shit. And then I think after these rumors started to to sort of blossom, we transitioned into starting to support our own shit via the the FUBUs and the fat the farms. The FUBUs and the, and the fat farms. Yeah. Which leads me to which leads me to this. I also watched an interview he did where he made reference to helping Russell Simmons 
uh, you know, start Fat Farm, and he also mm. helped P. Diddy with Sean John. So when I read that, when I heard that, I was like, oh, so is that something we have to blame him or thank him? Oh, <laughs> so you're saying... Because Fat, Fat Farm was not... I'll, I'll give Sean John its due. Yeah. Of like, okay, I was fly some days, but I was never... I look at every photo of me <laughs> when I had on Fat Farm, and I was like, who the hell was responsible for buying me this shit? Because I look disgusting. I look, I look like somebody else's child. If anything, Tommy Hilfiger helped... Russell Simmons create a brand for men, black men in the halfway house. Sure. That's how I feel. <laughs> fat, it's Fat Farm, Echo, Unlimited. Uh, what other, what, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, clothes you see on uncles that billow over them after a certain age. I will say that that I spent uh, literally the last three years of my high school experience almost exclusively in Echo Unlimited. <laughs> And and it didn't do a lot for me spiritually. I thought it was cool at the time, but I had on Echo and K Swiss, and and truth be told, K- I can't be more ashamed. Oh my God, Langston K Swiss. Yeah, you used to wear K. Oh my. Goodness. No, but listen again. I'm I'm from Chicago, and we had a I different know. relationship with K Swiss, I think, than a lot of other places. And you're from Detroit. Um, and I am. I, I went to school in Michigan. And I learned that K-Swiss wasn't the shit anymore because yes. I showed up mm-hmm. and niggas roasted me. And I was like, okay, all right, okay, <laughs> all right. Learned a lot today. Thank you. Yeah, because you barely, I mean, you only really saw young women, young girls wearing K-Swiss yeah. in Detroit. You only really saw that and you only really saw them wearing it with like the ankle sock with the ball, with the red or blue ball <laughs> on the back of it. <laughs> Truly the only time I saw K-Swiss. Listen, they were they were drug dealer shoes where I grew up. So life is, life is funny that way. I just, you know, that's why I'm always just, I, when I read that, I was like, so should we really be, I mean, did, did, did Tommy Hilfiger help black people by doing that? Or when those rumors came out, he was like, okay, you know what? Since y'all talking all this shit, here's my revenge. I'm going to give y'all these fashion lines that will be sold for cheap very soon. Mm. They're not going to be expensive that long. <laughs> and Russell Simmons, I'm going to give you Russell mm. Simmons. Help mm. help platform Russell Simmons. You're you're making you're making an interesting point. My brain starts to go in in a similar but slightly different direction in that I start to wonder if perhaps he is also trying to take credit for the work that these black men have been doing that not only are you going to shit on the black community and tell them they can't wear your fashions, but on top of that, you're going to like, and these bitches wouldn't exist if it wasn't for old Tommy Hill figure. And it's like, all right, man, you can't be a usurper and a fucking uh, an owner or proprietor. Like it, it, pick one, pick your poison. Pick in all one. This. When I was 16, you, I would have absolutely believed. I would have fell for all of this. Yeah. <laughs> that's And that's the scary part, right? Is because, and this goes back to your earlier and point. And I did. Because yeah. none of us have ever actually seen the clip. This so-called, <laughs> like, uh, or even heard the quote out loud from what Tommy Hilfiger was supposed to have said. It's, it's very easy as young people to uh, fall victim to whatever these claims are. We just you know, like, yeah, if Tommy O'Figure is racist, I ain't going to put on, or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to boycott him, even though we weren't. I'm, I'm not going to fight against that idea of him not be, I would, I would rather, it, it's, it, it takes less work to just go ahead and let that rumor be true than to me to actually find 
now. <laughs> yeah, and also the internet wasn't as plentiful back then. It's I would have had to go to the library and get the T encyclopedia to to figure out if this motherfucker's racist. That's right. And I would also argue that you know rumors about a white, especially a white man. Rumors are a wh- about a white man being racist in any arena. Generally, mm-hmm. if you believe it. Nobody's gonna be mad that you believe it because it's just so easy to 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 believe. It's yeah. not like you know, you 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 had your you had your bets. It's like yeah, he's probably racist. Whatever, you can move on about your day. It's not really changing anybody's life. It didn't change. Yeah. Every time somebody asks him, every t- what makes what really makes it so believable also as a rumor is that anytime someone asks him, well. Did your business, was your business harmed in any way by these rumors? And he was like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> nobody cares. No, he said, nobody cares. To be honest. I had nothing to lose. It was just annoying. <laughs> yeah. No, he, I, I think that is the weird part of all of this is that Tommy Hilfiger only really phased out because of like changes in culture. Changes in culture. Yeah. More and than it fashion. was because he got canceled. Before, yeah. you know, cancel culture existed, I guess. My my question for you, and mm-hmm. and I think this is an important one. Your mother subscribed to Oprah. Was she right. also then subscribing to this conspiracy? Was she was she telling you, like, Alex, we will no longer buy this? Or did she not give a fuck? She, I don't recall any meetings. You know, I don't recall really. I don't recall any discussions over breakfast or dinner. Like, you know, Alex, I mean, I know you got a lot of clothes upstairs, but I didn't, I didn't like come home and see a pile of my, of my uh, Oxfords and, mm. and my dog and my Tommy Hilfiger pants and a coat. I didn't see those burning in front of, in the living room floor. Sure. But I did notice, I did actually notice a switch in like, what she would purchase mm. clothing wise for me. Cause I, I mean, it took a while for me to actually have some say in what I wore, which we could talk. That's a whole other episode. Yeah. Of the podcast. <laughs> I don't know if that's conspiracy as much as it is unpacking <laughs> sad parts of your childhood, but I totally agree. It's uh trauma is, is an important you, conversation. I, identity. You will have no identity <laughs> until you identity. OS up out of my house. Yeah. That was the conversation. But no, I do. I did start to notice though a shift in like we. I did notice more fubu, you know. Fubu, <laughs> woo, woo. I, did, I, I did notice more fubu in my in my closet than what I would suspect suspect because she was my mom was definitely a Ralph Lauren, Tommy Hilfiger type of chick, you know, yeah. clothing her kids. So she wasn't. I mean, you know, I wasn't really in Jordans because she she didn't like she really didn't like anything that niggas did fashion wise. Like mm. I wasn't allowed to wear dickies. She was like, you're not coming, you're not come, walking in and out of my house. I'm like, you're going to prison. Mm. So, <laughs> she, you know, the full, like, orange yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. the full color. She was like, no, your dad is in jail, and we don't need you to be <laughs> pretending. And you, we not, we're not doing daddy cosplay. <laughs> that's no. fair. So, no, and listen, that, yeah. that's, that, as a narrative, seems to fit perfectly well with the person who's a fan of Oprah. Is <laughs> we ain't supporting yes. that black shit. Get the fuck out of here. You wear That's Tommy. right. When we moved, we had to move once, and it took a whole truck to finish. This is going to sound insane, mm-hmm. but it's the truth. It took one t- entire truckload just for my mother's Oprah magazines. Whoa. My mother has had my mother has had every single issue of the Oprah magazine since its inception in like 1998 or whenever it started. She has the very first issue. My mother's did that's before before the Beehive. Yeah, yeah she had every. My mother was she. She also went to the first 
favorite things show. Oh, that they shit. had. She had where she gave away. She gave. She was on the news for it and everything. Did your like, wait? So <laughs> did you, the first favorite things was not the cars though. That was that was she not the cars. She that the first favorite things. It was like a pair. Of, this is how long ago it was. It was a pair of UGG boots. <laughs> it was a, it was it was a DVD uh, DVD play portable DVD player which I ended up taking oh, to college with me. It was like a camcorder, like some coconut candies. I don't know. It was a bunch of it was a bunch of craziness. But she's been, she was on that show twice. But to get to get on Oprah's favorite things and and even better to get some Uggs and a a DVD player is fucking great. Mm. That's the car ended up being a massive burden for a lot of the people that got it because <laughs> the Oprah show wouldn't pay the taxes the taxes on the cars and so they could have. Beautiful cars <laughs> that then came with like five thousand dollars in taxes that a lot of these people who were gifted a fucking vehicle could not pay. So your mom got off safe. The taxes she, she probably got paid on boots was like thirty dollars. <laughs> she she got off very very safe. But I mean, further which further I think illustrates the indoctrination of Oprah mm-hmm. into people's minds. Yeah. My, my, my mother, you cannot tell her any. She she will try to fight you if you talk crazy about Oprah Winfrey. Like, it's just no. And I mean, Gail applies to that as well. I, I will. I'm curious, I guess, based off of everything that we're talking about, what is it about Oprah that that your mother loved so much? What did she do for her that you think kept her coming back all those years? I believe that Truly off of the strength of black women not having a voice mm-hmm. in that daytime space. Just like not having, and, and one like hers, you know. Mm-hmm. Oprah is the every woman. You know, my mother is a woman from the Midwest. I know these women, the you know, these like flyover states. Like, and, and she, and I mean, I think, who was it? I think Dulce. Sloan said she she got white women to read and they're reading mm-hmm. Toni Morrison. You know, when you can when you can do that, you are able to get a you're going to you're going to pull fast ones on people. And that's what yeah. she, that's what she does. <laughs> I do think it, there's a lot of truth to that. Right. That like at the end of the day, yeah. she created from from what started as as essentially a Jerry Springer s television show. She created a type of grace and sort of like elevation Mm -hmm. that didn't previously exist for a lot of these people. So with that came a type of like almost like a motherly connection like this, this fucking uh, she became like America's. I don't know, the America's maybe almost just this. this she, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. She was she was the black woman that. Every pu- black woman that was a public figure, every black female celebrity went to for atonement. When they fucked up in the media, yeah, Oprah can change her mind. She can change mm-hmm. her habits, and which makes her a driving force for for evil, such as Tommy Hilfiger's racism. Mm, now you're talking, <laughs> you know. And this, is, I listen. You you're bringing us into what ultimately we we need to unpack after the break. I can't wait. The to rumor, go. the rumor would have been invalid had it gone on on anybody else's show. That's. But and, yeah, I'm sorry. Go and ahead. you're making good points, <laughs> and I'm excited to unpack this shit. We're gonna take a break. We'll be back with more Alex English and more. My mama told me. Hey. 
Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. And we... Are back. How is my man supposed to schmeet his meat with this shit, bro? What the fuck? Yeah, we're back here with more Alex English. <laughs> more my mama told me. We're still talking about the terror that uh, Tommy Hilfiger introduced to the world when he when he told these people, these people, he said, these people better mm-hmm. not wear my goddamn white man clothes. Uh, it's the rumor, and we're wondering, we're trying to unpack whether or not it's true. What do you think it would have taken for black people to fully boycott Tommy Hilfiger? Because that's a, if in fact he did make that statement, that's a bold fucking statement to make. And black people still supported him. What do you think it would have taken? On the alleged Oprah episode where the incidents had had taken place, that would have had to be followed up by him spitting in Oprah's face (laughs) after she kicked him off the set. Like, Uh he had to be provoked to do it. So when she said, get the hell off my set, then he physically attacks her. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, we really can't get behind that, sir. You know, like that, that is where we, that's where we... 
That's where we drop out. So he goes, he goes, I don't want these dirty monkeys wearing my clothes. And Oprah's <laughs> like, get out of here, Tommy. And then he spits in her face like Tupac to that cameraman <laughs> who was catching him outside of court. And then... Mm-hmm. In the Black- Red Wings jersey, no yeah, less. Yeah. <laughs> and then Black people go, all right, this guy's unreasonable. Um, it's, it's, yeah, I was with him up until that point. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, I could have kept being a fan, but he spit on Oprah, and that's that's where I turned. <laughs> All right, we we have to get into this research. And this is there's there's a fair amount of what we've been talking about that is completely unfounded. I'll be honest with you. In the research that I discovered, it's largely and almost entirely false that Tommy Hilfiger ever made these claims. Apparently, so the original rumor sort of comes out in fall of 1996, and it supposedly it came from a tabloid magazine in the Philippines that later started making the rounds on internet chat rooms. So the Philippines is where it was. He is one. He is one of the first modern victims of uh, of fake news. Yes, exactly. Tommy Hilfiger was, in fact, uh, truly. He was screaming. He was probably somewhere screaming fake news before anybody. Yeah. What is it? (laughs) And (laughs) then he heard Trump say, and he was like, "Man, I came up with that shit too. They don't (laughs) believe me about nothing I come up with." So the original post, and this is interesting, the original post that uh, got circulated on the Internet and it's got all those weird like chat room uh, punctuations and weird misspellings that you would expect from a 1996 post. But it basically goes, hello, please read and pass on if you haven't already. Everyone needs to hear this. Good for Oprah. I'm sure many of you watched the recent taping of the Oprah Winfrey show where her guest was Tommy Hilfiger. On the show, she asked him if the statements about race he was accused of saying were true. Statements like, I'd known African-Americans, Hispanics, Jewish and Asians would buy my clothes and I would not have made them so nice. I wish these people would not buy my clothes as they are made for upper class white people. His answer to Oprah was a simple yes. I guess there's, this is poorly written, but they're basically saying she asked right. him about it. And he said yes, <laughs> where after she immediately asked him to leave my show, my suggestion, don't buy your next shirt or perfume from Tommy Hilfiger. Let's give him what he asked for. Let's not buy his clothes. Let's put him in a financial state where he himself will not be able to afford the ridiculous prices he puts on his clothes. Boycott, please, and send this message to anyone you know. Nothing empowers people quite like their own survival. Mm-hmm. I'll say the boycott, the, the the smear campaign was successful because they said please. <laughs> That's the most polite. That was the most polite call to action. Maybe it has something to do with your delivery Langston. Yeah. But I want to give it to some of the, the writing wasn't all the way clear. Yeah. But it was it was gracious. No, they listen, <laughs> not great writers, but but truly courteous people yeah. asking for what seemed like reasonable things when you put those those please and thank yous on them bad boys. It go. It, I mean, think. Just think about today. It's 2021. How susceptible people are to misinformation. You and I have family members on Facebook <laughs> that we see post things from websites. Th- I'm like, this is not a reputable source. Yeah. And you're just passing it 
you're just sending the people. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm not surprised that this garbage somehow got made its way into the zeitgeist to the point where we were passing this information along from mother to mother to son to son to friend to yeah. friend in our communities. It's it's Yet crazy it did to think that this is just a a retweet that got out of control. Do you retweet. know what I mean? Like yes. it truly is. I remember not too long ago that there was that person who in in the wake of us discovering how much Jeff Bezos was worth in the pandemic basically tweeted out like incorrect math about like the breakdown of what Jeff Bezos, if he gave away this much money, he could give away $50,000 to each person Mm -hmm. in America. And it turned out that the math was very, very wrong. And he could pretty (laughs) much only give away like a couple dollars to everybody in America, but we all retweeted it and looked dumb doing this thing. And that's essentially what this Tommy Mm -hmm. Hilfiger thing was, was we were just forwarding emails of somebody saying that a thing happened that didn't happen. I'd like to believe that the origin, the person who created the Tommy Hilfiger scandal, uh, Tommy Hilfiger Oprah show scandal, is the same person, if not a distant relative of the person who creates those um, I am a black man challenges that pop up. No, you know those <laughs> I am a black man challenges that popped up where you're supposed to post a collage. Uh-huh. I don't talk. I don't talk down to my brothers. Talk, <laughs> those there's an ancestral link. To those people, and I, I, I want the twenty three and me on that because I, I truly you. believe that they're related. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how related or unrelated they are, but I, I love that theory. I will say that that they've actually tracked down the person, the original author of the post, who was a lady named uh, Christina oh. Pexon. Uh, which is a Filipino name, if I've ever heard one. It's a little bit Spanish, it's a little bit something else. And that's how you know it's Filipino. But Christina Pexon actually claimed that the comment wasn't born on the Oprah show, but the actual original sort of statement about not wanting blacks and Asians and Jewish people to wear the clothes came from uh, his appearance on CNN Style with Elsa Clinch where uh, Hilfiger basically appeared alongside Ralph Lauren, and he made that bold statement there. Is there any evidence of that? Great question. And here's where it gets real fascinating, is that no, there's no evidence of that, (laughs) because Tommy Hilfiger never appeared on Oprah or CNN style until Mm -hmm. he never appeared on CNN style once, and he didn't appear on Oprah until 2007. These accusations started in 1996. How about this? Let's say for the (laughs) sake, let's say for the sake of that Tommy Hilfiger saw this coming. And as soon as he said it, after he said it, he got it scrubbed. He was like, give me the tapes. Mm. This happened. He he, he got kicked off of the show. Right. He went back. He stormed backstage. He stormed backstage and he said to the producers, he went all the way in the back of Harpo. He caused hell for Harpo Studios all up and through Chicago. He said, I'm not leaving this motherfucker unless I get the tapes to this show. Then once the rumors started catching up with them word of mouth. He had to go to CNN because he repeated himself. So he threatened somebody at CNN as well. He's like, if I'll kill Oprah, I'll kill everybody else up <laughs> here. Don't let. And he swore and, and he took a blood oath with Ralph Lauren that they both mm. wouldn't let the word continue after this. Wow. Listen, if true, mm-hmm. devastating. If, if true, 
<laughs> we've got we've got a real one on our hands. I will say that one of the more fascinating turns that comes out of this is that the conspiracy actually exists. There are similar claims of of Tommy basically making this statement in uh, a bunch of different places. So there's one claim that he did it on the Ricky Lake show. There's another claim that he did it on Larry <laughs> King Live. And my personal favorite, there's even a claim that he did it on BT News. That he <laughs> <laughs> not with not with AJ and Free. Oh no, Jackie, Jackie Reed. Not with Jackie Reed. No, no, no. Not Jackie Reed. Yeah, with, with Ed News. Gordon. That, that Ed there's Gordon. a theory <laughs> that Tommy Hilfiger sat across from Ed Gordon and he looked him in the eye and he said, thank you for having me on, Ed Gordon. Now, just to be clear, I don't want you and your monkey friends wearing my clothes. <laughs> Have a good night, black entertainment, television, news. And take off my shirt. <laughs> take off my, take shirt. Off my goddamn shirt, Ed Gordon. Okay, so he went on a tour with this. Listen, the white man is going to make his mm-hmm. way on every news outlet. <laughs> he's going to make his way. He's going to make himself heard. And I and I I still there's a piece of me. You can you can say what you want, Snopes. You can say what you want, fact checkers <laughs> of the world. But I think I think you know. At first, I was going to give him some grace, but I'm like, no, white men are tricky. You know, okay. white men, white men know so, how to play games. So just to be clear, this has not deterred you from your commitment to this to to this conspiracy theory. You're still, you know, any believing in the possibility of it. You've got to consider. You've got to consider everything that could happen. I mean, Oprah, Oprah could be complicit. She has done. She has done some. You know. She not squeaky clean herself. Uh-huh. She was like, okay, well, I like the sweaters that Tommy Hilfiger sends me. So, you know, I could try to help him, you know, clean this up. It never happened. She could have just did one of the men in black flashes with the audience. Like, you never saw this. We don't know what happened. Uh-oh. My mother did. Okay, look, my mother never really told me everything that happened when she went to go to the Oprah sure. show. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that guy, I don't know what, if some gas mask came down right. and they got chloroform you know in the middle of that you, you don't, NDAs. You don't know, I don't know what your mother, mother had to do for them favorite things all of them that, that there's no way listen we struggle sometimes financially and i was like <laughs> i was like girl where are these oprah how, how are you still paying for this oprah magazine subscription where's the money coming from like mama where's I'm the money hungry. coming from why the fuck I, are you keep well, you keep reading these old magazines and i'm starving to death what is going on Listen, I don't know. Look, I, I, I don't ever want to speak ill of my mother. I love my mother. Mm-hmm. That is my girl. But I do think she signed an agreement with Oprah. Like anybody that owns all of the Oprah magazines, Oprah's not doing good work. Here, she's not clean. Something here's in the milk ain't clean. Your suggestion really interests me because now you're mm-hmm. you're starting to you're starting to dig into some shit that that gets me excited. Because I don't know that I think Tommy Hilfiger actually made these claims, right? If I'm being perfectly honest with you, I'm not. I think it's probably completely unfounded, right? But here's where I get interested is that <laughs> is it possible that Oprah started these rumors to keep playing the hero for the black community mm. while simultaneously mm. servicing an almost exclusively white audience? Because look, Oprah is what running around here apparently kicking people off her show. That's the most unbelievable fact in this shit is that Oprah stood up for black people. Get the fuck out of here. What's more likely is Oprah made up some shit, told a lady in the Philippines to circulate it. And then, you know, came in looking like she gave a fuck about us when, in fact, everything in history tells us otherwise. 
I believe you, you're speaking on behalf of me and Dr. Umar and literally everybody else. Everybody else that falls under the umbrella of not hatred towards Oprah. We yeah. don't want to promote hatred. But 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 a particular line of questioning about your professional activities. Yeah, I've got a distaste. We'll, we'll call Anyone it a distaste. Anyone who has that firm, any, any anybody that has that firm of a girl, and I'm mad that I'm doing hey, this Hey, you're cupping balls right now, but, but, any, but listen, you're making a point, and that that might be more important. <laughs> it, provide, it provides, it provides, I think this uh, helps accentuate what, what, what I'm saying here. <laughs> Anywhere that has that firm of a grip. Okay, on the balls and titties and every other uh, uh, every other body part of America, like Oprah, the she has the power of persuasion. Yes, she absolutely did. And and the these same rumors. This is a fascinating thing that I had no idea about. These same rumors actually existed for Liz Claiborne all the way back in mm-hmm. 1991, where Oprah supposedly threw her out because she claimed <laughs> that uh, black women weren't meant for her clothes because their hips were too big. They had those big old uh, <laughs> nigger child-bearing ba- hips, and she didn't want them in her, her clothes. Again, why Oprah keeps being the vessel for this is the part that bumps it's me. It's very suspicious. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh-huh. Where there's smoke, there's fire. And if there's a continuous narrative, circ- I, I believe, I listen, first of all, there's no better visual than Oprah Winfrey kicking somebody off of her show. <laughs> let's just Let's just start there. That's, I mean, I, I, my desire for it to be true actually exists off of the strength of that alone. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just trying to, I'm just wondering what Oprah's, like, body movements are. Does she kick her shoes off and go barefoot <laughs> in the process of, like, get this, get this son of a bitch off my set. Does she cuss them out? Like, I want to know what, yeah. you know, I don't, I want to know what she, try, what, what, what that looks like, I, you know? I don't think any of us can imagine it because it seems so far from the character she's built. Here's where it gets even more fascinating for me is that these rumors start circulating for Tommy Hilfiger in 1996, right? And this this sort of goes further into the point that we've been talking about. Oprah doesn't actually say anything about it. She doesn't openly deny it until 1999. So three mm. years go by of this three rumor years. circulating. And then eventually at the beginning of one show, she goes, hey, y'all, y'all been saying a lot of stuff about Tommy Hilfiger. I want to assure you he was never on the show. This never happened. Blah, blah, blah. See, and here's the thing with that. Mm-hmm. Three years, three years, that's three years of scrubbing, mm-hmm. three years of plotting, three years of letting the story build up and letting black Americans like have a conversation about it. Yep. Letting some of us really sit firmly in the idea of it, let, just letting it permeate our psyches. Yeah. And sitting it while all the while still purchasing his shit. Yes. And that <laughs> and that to me feels like the way even if it isn't specifically true of oprah it feels like the way that all of these sinister sort of like plans work right go ahead you tell me you got a thought i just oprah's intention she probably had a conversation with hilfiger right yes she was like look we know she was like we know you're not losing any money mm-hmm. from, you know, why people, you know they find out you racist and you know that's when you actually your sales go up doesn't affect you at all and this is really to your to your theory. We we going hand in hand, Langston here. Like, yeah, Oprah said to him, "Niggas are still gonna buy your clothes." Mm-hmm. So, if anything, I'm just helping you get your your the word out here, you know. Yep. But and then we gonna let three years go, and then I'm gonna quell it, 
and I'm gonna call you like, hey, ooh, ooh, come on, like, yeah. <laughs> ooh, ooh, Oprah, Oprah, that's that's the Oprah signal when she put the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Come on, it's time for your atonement. Yep. And then you win back whoever you lost, especially if they white and like they white and with black people, but then it's like, oh, he's not racist, thank God I can go back to buying. Yeah, and to that point, maybe she just waited mm. out till Tommy was starting to sort of phase out of our, our brand recognition, and then she can give him a quick re-up on his sort mm. of credibility by being like, hey, by the way, that rumor that you've been spreading for three fucking years, that's a long mm-hmm. time. Uh, it, Tommy it's said, not Oprah, can I, talk to, can I talk to your blacks? Can I talk to, to your blacks yeah. now? Are you done? sticking me to the house so now I can like get them back and make a little more money and rebrand and for I mean I feel like the rumor still hasn't even really been ex- it, it, it like got extinguished rather recently yeah so because people still so believe I, it I mentioned it earlier but Tommy Hilfiger actually never appeared on the Oprah Winfrey show until 2007 and he goes on the mm-hmm. Oprah Winfrey show and she like basically obviously has to address these rumors with him in person and she says and Tommy you know this is a silly thing to have to talk about but have you ever been on my show before and he goes unfortunately not and then she says and have you ever said anything wrong about the black community he says absolutely not I'm a big fan of black people all my workers are black and uh, he doesn't say that but that would be fun if he was like yeah all my slaves are black was it a whole was it a whole show or was it a segment i don't actually know the answer to that question Mm. i would assume it's Mm. just a segment i don't know what the fuck you talk to tommy hilfiger about for an entire day but but to see there you go Mm -hmm. she gave him she gave him a segment yep because you know I feel like her her Oprah's thoughts could have been, I'm not going to let us have a conversation too long because the truth might slip out. Yeah. So I'm giving you, <laughs> we're right. going to be careful. And we're just going to do like top of the show, 10 minutes, yeah. cut you off, get up out of here. This motherfucker can't we, be trusted not to drop an N-bomb. So we'll just, we'll let him talk for a little bit. We'll be like, Tommy, uh, love your jeans. Have a good day. And and then- that, we- I'm just saying, believe what you want about the rumor. We just always have to think about the possibility. Yeah. So so ultimately, here's where I landed, uh, is I still found myself asking, why Tommy Hilfiger? Why did mm. this become sort of the target of this uh, this very complicated rumor that spread over a lot of different places? None of the words were ever pared down exactly. It's just a mess of a conspiracy. And what it ended up become well, what ended up becoming clear to me is that Tommy Hilfiger sort of came to height, and we talked about this earlier in the the era of branded fashion, right? Where a person's mm-hmm. name or a company's name was physically written on the clothes. And then alongside of that was also something that maybe you remember well from when we were kids was knockoff brands being becoming hugely popular. So instead of FUBU, yeah. they had Poo And I remember that there was Sean John, <laughs> but it was spelled like mm-hmm. Sean Wayans instead of Sean uh, <laughs> S-E-A-N. And all of these yes. fake brands yeah. started to exist as a way of kids being able to wear some cool shit without spending top dollar. Mm-hmm. At least they thought, but you probably got roasted for it. Oh, you got re- roasted relentlessly to the point where you would beg your parents. You, you like you could tell who got who it got to the most because they would show up with the right shit. Yeah, they would <laughs> they would spend all their money on a platinum Fubu shirt, 
And uh, mm-hmm. that was all they had, but they had that one little Fat Albert shirt. And apparently, we were all just running around in Fat Albert clothes. And it's just now hitting me how difficultly problematic that is for all those years. <laughs> anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that with the knockoff brands, which, like mm-hmm. many clothes in this country, were primarily made in Asian countries, there are some theories that Tommy Hilfiger made a statement saying that. People shouldn't be wearing the knockoff brands because they don't look good in them. And they are basically like cheap versions of the the more quality things that he Mm. and Ralph Lauren and Eddie Bauer and all these people were making. And so if you put two and two together, what it sounds like is Tommy Hilfiger took a shot at some of these knockoff brands and then a yeah. bunch of people took that personally and then concocted a rumor about what he said from the the much more uh, innocuous statement he made. Listen, I don't knock how people make their money and mm-hmm. neither should Tommy Hilfiger. That's taking <laughs> money out of the black man's hands. That's making that's taking money out of the black man's hands. And, you know, sure. if he said it and it's and it's also like, OK, if that's what if that's what he said, all right, okay. How about how about this? I I feel like you benefit more off of the sensationalism of racism. Mm. So so he could be he had a decision to make. Yep. He was like, okay, which way do I want to take this misunderstanding? Which way do I do people? So oh, I'm gonna just allow them to think for a little while, and then I got Oprah. Now, now maybe we're now we're maybe we're giving him more credit than we're giving Oprah. Mm. Maybe he saw the rumor roll out into something else. Maybe he did say something, right. and the rumor rolled out into something else. It snowballed into Jewish, black, and Asian can't wear this, and th- and then he was like, "Well, people, there's a lot of attention. My 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 name is being brought up. Mm-hmm. The brand is being brought up." Let's just rock this out. And that, you know, that is a fascinating uh, part of of the original statement. Right. Is that he does mm. mention race in this thing and that mm. that makes it complicated. Right. Is that like, yeah, why can't yeah, just be I, everybody wearing knockoffs, motherfucker? We wouldn't only. Yeah. Were- and I, I think at the end of the day, what we're talking about is like. Hey, dog, if people are making knockoff versions of your clothes, I get why you would be frustrated. You probably worked really hard on to make those clothes, but you ain't mm. got to be like these goddamn Asians are doing it. Just kind of be like, hey, knock off, knock it off and then move on with your day. <laughs> Instead, he's like, these motherfucking Asians, if they don't mm. cut it out, making the knockoffs that look cheap. And it's like, all right, if you're going to take shots, then Christina uh, in, in the Philippines is about to shoot back. Yep, that's right. And I'm I'm here. For, you, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is what this is what happens. You know, he had to make a decision though. Something tells me Oprah owed him a favor. Yep. We don't know what it is. They saw each other party. He was like, "Yo, he was he, he they was at one of Harvey Weinstein's parties." Oh, okay. And and Harvey Harvey was like, "Oprah, Oprah, Tommy, Tommy, Oprah," uh-huh. and Tommy was like. Oprah, nice to meet you. While we're shaking, while mm-hmm. we're shaking hands, do I have your word that if I'm ever accused of racism, that you'll help me clean the shit up? Yep. And she's like, absolutely. Hell yeah, I racism. Oh, oh, because Oprah had like how many glasses of wine at the at the Weinstein party? Like, sure. let's just you know, while the kids was being ushered off into like the side rooms, mm-hmm. she was busy guzzling wine. Not, that's that's why she didn't know she was too busy getting drunk to see the kids 
at the parties and like you know the, he she you know yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, <laughs> she wasn't yeah. there for she the pedophilia too, she was merely she, there she, for she the, never uh, heard she never heard her talked about under there yeah. because she was too busy making that deal with Tommy she Hill was making there. deals was, to protect white people from their own racism mm-hmm, listen mm-hmm. It, you've you've dropped some knowledge here you've given us a lot to think about we're gonna take a break <laughs> and we'll be back with more Alex English more my mama told me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts connect the alarm change the podcast you stream connect the snooze 10 more minutes to dream connect the shower lather up with the news sports talk comedians or movie reviews connect with that 3 hour philosophy show Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. And we are back. Yeah, we're back here with more Alex English, more My Mama Told Me. We're still talking about that that tyrant, Oprah, and uh, the secret handshake she was doing at celebrity parties to protect the white man from his own white man shit. I want to play a game. We're going to play a game together. It's a, a fun game. It's a brand new game. We've never played this one before. It's a brand new game that I'm calling Oprah's Acolytes. Were you silent or were you silenced? Oprah's Acolytes is a <laughs> it's a fun game where I, Alex, am going to introduce to you a few of the people that were 
were created from the Oprah dynasty, that were born out of the Oprah Mm -hmm. dynasty, that have now become famous in their own right. And what I would like to do, because I think you and I are both in agreement that Oprah has only sinister plans for the world and awful sort of treacherous things in mind for our our well-being. What I would love for you to do is unpack what you think Oprah's intention was in letting these people loose out into the world. That makes sense to you? Perfect sense. Fuck yeah. So the first person was Dr. Phil. What do you think Oprah's plans were? in unleashing Dr. Phil to the world? I think that when when Oprah brought us Dr. Phil, mm-hmm. she was saying there is a vast majority of Americans specifically who are suffering from mental health issues, mm-hmm. and I would like to be um, a part of making it work. <laughs> <laughs> I see a lot of sick Americans and I would like them to be sicker. I don't want And because <laughs> Yep. And and I, I do believe that Oprah is hand in hand. She she is in cahoots with Big Pharma. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if I can unleash this very uh traumatic man, yep. this very this very a man that screams at you, yells at you, kind of doesn't really give you any loving uh path to kind of just shouts. Yeah. Um, and, and assumes authority, assumes authority with like no real guidance, yep. really, and kind of platform him towards where he has a very a, a show that almost exploits mm-hmm. the 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 psychological nature of the modern day American. Just gonna give those to Big Pharma, yeah. Because what'll then what'll then happen is between his show there are commercials for. For, for, for pills and yeah. drugs that help you get it, you know, become dependent on those. So Oprah, Oprah and Big Pharma were the parents of Dr. Phil. Wow. Okay. I, I like where you're yeah. heading. Here's a here's a fun <laughs> one that you did, Dr. Phil. Hit me with a little uh a little sauce on Dr. Oz. What do you do with Dr. Oz? Dr. Oz, okay. I think with Dr. Oz. Women already go th- to the doctor, mm-hmm. okay? It's already known that women are prone to, to visiting the doctor, getting checked up more regularly than men. Yep. So why not make it sexy for him? Oh. You know? Why? Because Dr. Oz is an attractive man. No one wants to fuck Dr. Phil. So that's oh. why he's going he's gonna to fuck your brain. <laughs> Dr. Oz is going to get up in your pussy. You know? Dr. Sure. Oz is going to tell you, yeah, Dr. Oz, tell me about my titties. Tell me about mm-hmm. my lump. Tell me about okay, ladies. If you if you check, my mother would have never gone to get a breast exam if it wasn't for Doctor Oz. So you're telling me, and correct me if I'm hearing you wrong. I think what you're saying is is that Doctor Phil introduced Big Pharma, and then Doctor Oz made Big Pharma sexy. He he, he made us horny for Big Pharma. Doctor Oz brought Big Pharma back, brought sexy back, mm. brought sexy back into Big Pharma. You, we're we're now busting we, it open for it. pills because of Doctor Oz. Bust it wide open for your IUD. I love that. I love that, and I I hate that this is Oprah's plan, but but I love that you spotted it, and we're gonna unpack some more. And birth control, yep. And we already we can we already know about what birth control is mm-hmm. to black women in the community. So, and you you think Oprah. Oprah, yeah, go ahead and tell tell these bitches about their bodies. That's what she told. That's what she told Dr. Oz. I like this. Okay, take me. This, let's do another one. Rachel Ray. Okay. Talk to me about Rachel what Ray. Rachel Ray and, and Oprah's intentions with Rachel Ray. Okay. 
I think a lot of us are well versed on Oprah's relationship with food. Remember yes. when she pulled out the the meat, the meat, and that was like the the meat that she pulled out on the wagon was the equivalent of how much weight she lost yeah, or whatever she, crazy. She, for those she that, that don't remember, Oprah at one point lost, I believe, sixty seven pounds, and then she then dragged mm -hmm. a a wagon of animal fat out onto the stage to mm -hmm. to demonstrate how much weight she had lost. And Oprah, Oprah is a, a, is a shapeshifter. Mm -hmm. We know this. Like she, <laughs> she goes up and down in weight like nobody's business. So I believe that when she got into the meeting, okay, she got into the meeting with ABC, and she said, "Ladies and gentlemen, my ne my next for my next prototype, Rachel Ray." Uh -huh. She presented Rachel Ray, and and the mission with Rachel Ray was, big girls, you can eat well but but be healthy but keep eating oh okay <laughs> let me let me see if i can take this a step further because i think what you're saying is is mm -hmm. that oprah winfrey introduces rachel ray as a way of trapping us in our own like fat shit while simultaneously selling us health she's like being mm -hmm. like hey you don't got to change your diet you don't got to be a different kind of person secretly rachel ray is cooking up a bunch of meals that are clogging our our cardiovascular valves and shit and holding us down you know what she did remember when the cartoon in the in all of the cartoons they would try to get bugs bunny right yep and they would try to get Bugs Bunny with the carrot. And, you know, the string yeah, would be on yeah. the carrot. You pull it, get... Okay. There was no string. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oprah put the carrot in the box, in the Rachel Ray box yep. with the carrot. Oh, got all of the big women to come <laughs> towards the box. Close the box. Yep. But, in, but the box turned into ribs. <laughs> the, 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 car the, car the carrot turned into ribs. <laughs> She was still, she, I got it was you. a trick. So I, I, you know what? I honestly believe Rachel Ray is a figment of our imagination. Mm, so Rachel Ray She's doesn't exist. She is merely a, uh, a horcrux of Oprah out in the world, sort of doing her, her deviant damage. There we are. I would honestly scrap everything that we just said about Rachel Ray, even <laughs> what I, and that is what I believe. I believe that Rachel Ray is a hologram. She doesn't really exist. Oprah did it just to make it appear as though mm -hmm. she was cared about healthy eating and stuff like that. She was like, "Yeah, this will fit." She was tired of talking. Uh, there was, let's just let's just keep it a book. At a certain point of time in her tenure during her run, Oprah just got tired of talking. Yeah. She was like, "Let me just get this to people." I'm white people. Y'all been hearing my voice every single day for twenty something years. I'm gonna give y'all these white people, and I'm gonna sit back and 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 be responsible for them. I like that. Okay. She is the Zordon. Oprah is the Zordon and they are the Power Rangers. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll ask you about this last person. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you'll qualify this person as a Power Ranger in that analogy that you just created. We were just talking about her. Ayanla Van Zant. What do you think mm -hmm. Oprah's intention was when she unleashed Ayanla Van Zant on the world? Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Oprah, Oprah was like, we need to laugh. Yeah, she we was need like, to laugh this bitch together. Is funny. We need to laugh together. And and um, you know what's so funny is that Ayanna Vanzant truly is a comedian. Mm -hmm. I believe that Ayanna Vanzant is like one of she's 
one of the underrepresented, underrated, unlike she's not giving her due as a comic. I'm not as funny as Ayanna Van Zandt. I know that for I a fact. I don't think I ever will be. I don't think I ever <laughs> will be. She there was there was an episode and I, I went on an Ayanna like rabbit hole on YouTube not yeah. too long ago. And there was because you know they had drama. Ayanna and Oprah had Oh, beef they hated for each other because because Oprah basically played her, set her up to to be the next person, and then got jealous that Ayanna wasn't following her her exact instructions as a uh, supreme leader. Mm-hmm. And then Ayanna Ayanna broke Ayanna broke the broke the chain of command, and she was like, "You know what? I'm gonna go ahead and do my own thing." Mm-hmm. And she was like, "You know what I can do to you?" You know, you, I, look what I did to Tommy, Tommy Hilfiger. Yep. Do you need the same thing to be happening? Get back on my show and talk to my wife. Yep. Ayala <laughs> had to do the same. Ayala had to do the same perp walk. Yep. She had to do the same perp walk, <laughs> go on that show and talk, cry to Oprah, talk about what's going on, and then we can send you on your way. On that, on that episode, yeah. actually, there is a scene, which is why I say comedy. There is a scene, and this is how evil Oprah is. There is a scene where they're taking, like, B-roll shots of Ayanna while she's telling her story about struggling financially mm-hmm. and, like, spiraling after the Oprah deal went through and she was depressed and stuff. And they're taking B-roll of Ayanna just, like, draped in, like, this big heavy coat with this scarf wrapped around her neck, <laughs> this weird hat, and she's walking through, like, she's walking through, like, a park, a random park. It's, like, a cloudy day. It's not a, it's not a flattering shot of sure. her. But they've played it. They've played the B-roll of her doing that like maybe three times throughout the segment. Right. And the audience is like laughing and (laughs) Oprah's calling back to it multiple times, making an audience of people laugh at her. Like she's literally (laughs) embarrassing her. And Ayanna has to like shrug it off like, oh, yeah, I look homeless in that shot, don't I? Yeah, that's how sad I was. Oprah. Oprah had called it back. I was like, can you, she's, she's literally like, play it again, play it again. Jesus I can't, I can't. And I'm like, and I, I will say there's something really sinister in what you're describing where mm-hmm. Oprah is, is quite possibly teaching the world. She gives us Ayanna Van Zant as a way to teach the world to laugh comically at b- this black woman instead of respecting mm-hmm. her as an actual therapist a healer that she sort of has like branded herself as and she is no more unqualified than dr phil is but oprah (laughs) found a way to discredit the black woman and then prop the white dude up for 20 seasons of uh yelling at teenagers and telling them that they need to be nicer to their moms Mm -hmm. and and Ayanna has the hips that Liz Claiborne didn't want people wearing. She does exactly. Hey, yep. hey I see what's all, under there, it's, it's Ayanna. All connected. And I'm trying to see it's more. It's all connected. It's <laughs> all connected. Tommy Hilfiger said, get your big black Ayanna hips out of my jeans. I loved it. <laughs> Alex, I think we did it. I think we nailed it. You, 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 you laid it down. You gave me all the info I need. Could you tell the people at home where they can find you? What kind of cool stuff you got going on? I'm everywhere on the internet, Alex English. The E that spells English is numerical. It is the number three. Mm. It's, it's a few things coming out. I have a stand-up set coming out soon with Hell Alana yeah. Glazer. That's coming <laughs> out. <laughs> That's it. And a couple other things. But if you come to my handles and my website, 
that'll all be out there. Fuck yeah. Go follow Alex. <laughs> He's great. And uh, as always, you can follow us, subscribe, like this shit, leave comments, good or bad. I love reading them. And uh, feel free to follow me and send us stuff at mymamapod at gmail.com. Okay, that's everything I had to say. Bye, bitch. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.